Welcome to the New Hope Leeward podcast. Hey, how's it going? New Hope Leeward, how are you guys doing? Morning, morning. My name is Alec. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to welcome all of you here at the Kapolei campus and want to welcome all of you joining online. Um, I'm excited to be here because as uh, Pastor Justin said, we're starting a new series. But before we do that, I just want to share with you what uh, my family and I did last night. Uh, you know, Father's Day weekend, we went to um, see the symphony. We went to see Star Wars at the symphony. So they play the, the movie and they actually play the music live. It was amazing. It was such a great show. But what I am most proud of is this. I want to show you this picture. And um... <laughs> okay, so that's us taking a picture um, with some of, the, some of the Star Wars characters. It was so awesome. But here's what I'm most proud of. Is if you take a look at my two sons, um, throwing the proper shaka. All right, yeah. So real quick, yeah, shaka etiquette, yeah. For those of you who don't know, when you see someone far away, yeah, shaka forward. Loose, not like this. Shaka, brah. Never. That's a big no-no. Not a tight shaka. Don't ever. Loose, yeah? And if you really want to seem local, go like, go like, <laughs> just like that, okay? Now, when you take a picture, turn, everybody say, turn them around. Everyone say, turn them around. Turn the shaka to you, ladies, yeah? And take a look at my sons right there again. Right there, proper shaka. Now, watch this. Watch this. Look, 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 yeah? Wrong, wrong. You know why? You know why? Because he's an alien. Yeah? You know, on his planet. And all he does is spend his time in the cantina playing in the band, right? So, you know, but I'm so proud of them. Great show. And so whatever you're doing today, uh, on this Father's Day weekend, we want to wish all the dads happy Father's Day. Can we say happy Father's Day to our dads? I'm excited again because we're starting a new series called Interruption. And uh, the heart, the mindset of this new series is that God interrupts our lives in a good way, in a good way. And he comes into our lives and he changes circumstances. He changes things, experiences. But most importantly, what God does is he changes us for our good and for his glory. And we've seen Jesus do this. We've seen God do this over and over in the Bible. God will come into people's lives, change things around, give them different experiences, call them to different things, and they get changed for their good and God's glory. And we're going we're gonna to take a look at this over the next few weeks in this series. We're going to see how God interrupts our lives in a good way. And He takes our chaos, the chaos and drama of our lives, and He changes it to order. He orders our lives. There's actually a phenomenon called Christian lift. And it's a documented phenomenon, what happens when communities or neighborhoods where Christianity is established and people get saved, what happens is their, the, the, the quality of their lives, their education, their finances, relationships, edu- everything, it, it gets better. This is what happens when God interrupts our lives and he gets involved. Amen? We're going to take a look at how God takes us from just merely being religious you know, kind of just going through the motions of church. He takes us from being religious, interrupts our lives, and changes it so that we actually have a relationship with the living God. We're also going to take a look at how God takes us from being victims of this fallen world to being victorious in Christ. And most importantly, we're going to take a look at how God sees us. He changes us from being bound for hell to being bound for heaven. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at in this series. Now today, what we're going to be looking at is when God interrupts our lives and calls us to do something. 
When God interrupts our lives and calls us to do something, he may call us to do something or to change something in our lives, but that's the interruption when God calls us. Now, before we go into the message, now those of you who are teachers, you know, before you do any teaching, you want to you wanna make sure the, the people know what vocabulary words there are in the lesson so they know what's going on, right? So there's a word that we're going to be looking at throughout the message today, and, and we need to understand what it means. And the word is calls. When God calls us, when someone says they are called by God, what does it mean to be called by God? In the New Testament, predominantly that word called is used in a couple of ways, okay? One way, when God calls us, it could mean that he's inviting us. In another way, when God calls us, it's like a king or a court would summon someone. It's like a directive. I call you, you must come here or you must go there. Now, in the Bible, what we want to do is we don't want to separate those two. We want to bring them together and say that when God calls us, it is at the same time, it's an invitation, but it's at the same time, remember, Jesus is a king, and we are his people, and so God directs us. That's why sometimes people will say, oh, you know, I felt called by God to move to this state. It's because God directed me to do this, yeah? And so as we hear the word called or calls, we want to look at it in terms of two things, an invitation, but also a directive from our king, okay? All right, so we're going to take a look at a passage from Matthew chapter 4, and it's a familiar passage. It's when Jesus calls his first disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And in Matthew chapter 4, we're going to see three things that Jesus does. I love this passage. It's very amazing. Jesus is the best. We're going to see, first of all, who Jesus calls. Like, who gets called by God, right? We're going to see who Jesus calls. The second thing we're going to learn is how Jesus calls. How does Jesus call us? Like sometimes we think it can be like this mysterious kind of etheric kind of thing. It's, it's, we're going to look at how Jesus calls us. Very different than what we might expect. And number three, we're going to look at what should our response be when Jesus calls us to do something. Okay? All right. So, first of all, let's dig right into it. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. We're going to start there. Who Jesus calls. He says this. Now, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Okay? Now, first question, who does Jesus call? Fill in your blanks. Jesus calls ordinary people like you and me. Ordinary people. Okay? I love the way Luke says it in Acts 14. He says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, what? Ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, who's they? Who was astonished? The religious leaders. When they saw Peter and John and they saw how boldly they spoke about Christ, unafraid, unashamed, right? They spoke clearly and boldly about Jesus. They were like, whoa, they were tripping out. Why? Because they weren't trained. The religious leaders were trained. These religious leaders at the time, they knew the most from a very young age. They were trained in how to interpret the Bible. They were trained. In fact, these religious leaders, I mean, although they got it completely wrong about Jesus, right? But from a very young age, they were trained to memorize large portions of the Old Testament. They were schooled and trained. And they see these two fishermen 
And nothing wrong with fishermen, but these guys weren't trained. And these guys are, man, they're just unabashedly, unashamed, unafraid, speaking about Jesus. And I love it that that's how God is. I love it that God does not put requirements on you and I to serve. If I want to serve, God doesn't say, uh, Alec, you know what, Abe, before you serve in the parking ministry, okay, first got to get your PhD in New Testament and Old Testament studies. you got to learn how to um, speak and read Hebrew and Greek. you got to, I mean, I'm so glad that God doesn't do that. Now, if you have advanced degrees, if you know all that, that's great. But I love it that God calls ordinary people like you and me to serve. That's who God calls. One of the things that I love about our church one of the things I love about our church is that God called ordinary people to serve us. And I want to show you one of the best examples I can think of of super ordinary guys serving in our church. And I'll show you a picture real quick. <laughs> God has given the three of us a huge privilege in sharing, teaching. And we are just three ordinary guys. Josiah, Pastor Josiah, he was a former part-time realtor. I don't think he sold any houses, but he worked in retail, right? You saw that? You remember that picture he showed when he was super young, that picture from, you know, I would not buy a house from him. No ways, yeah. No ways, right? You know, um, but he was a part-time. He worked retail for most of his life. He's senior pastor of our church. Art, you know what art does for a living, right? Art's a plumber. And you know what I do for a living, right? I'm a school teacher. I tell you what, you can't get any more ordinary than that. And we joke around, we tease each other, and it's all in love. And I, I tell you, Josiah is one of the best speakers around. The guy is great. And Art, boy, I tell you, when you get a, if you ever get a chance to see Art Shepherd, when it says pastor in the, in the dictionary, Art's picture is there. Art is one of the best pastor shepherds you'll ever see. I love the way he and Josiah, they, they love on, on you as a congregation. But here's the thing, yeah, and this is a, this is a God's honest truth. There ain't nothing special about us. There really isn't. We're not trained. We're not schooled. We do our very best to do our research and our, our due diligence. But we're just three ordinary guys. And I tell you the truth. If God can use a local guy, three local boys, one from Hawaii Kai, one from Kapahulu, one from Aliamanu. If God can use us, he definitely can use you because there ain't nothing special about us. When you think about who God calls, he calls you and me. He calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Can you say amen to that? Amen. God is good. Yeah. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, okay, Alec, I totally get that. I appreciate that. You know what? But you know what? Seriously, like, God would not call me because you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the experiences I've had. You don't know the kind of life I've lived. God would not call me. And I want to challenge you, and I want to say this. When God calls us, yeah, God doesn't just call a part of us. He doesn't just call a part of our knowledge or maybe this resource that we might have. God calls all of you to him and to ministry or to serve, which includes your mindset, your resources, your attitudes, your emotions, your relationships. Yeah, everything about you God can use. And you think, yeah, there's stuff that, oh my gosh, is this or that. Yes, totally true. But God can use everything about you to bless someone else and to build his kingdom. Even the simplest things, like where you grew up. Some of you grew up in Hawaii. Awesome. 
God can use your knowledge of local places and culture to reach someone else and connect with someone. Now, you might say, but Alec, I didn't grow up in Hawaii. I grew up in the mainland or I grew up abroad. Great. God can use your experiences wherever you grew up to connect someone to the kingdom. God can use all of that. You might say, but Alec, you know what? I've been through some tough stuff in my life, stuff that I'm not, I'm not proud of. Yes, I get it. Some of you have gone through some amazingly difficult things in life. Some of you have gone through addiction. Some of you have gone through broken relationships, divorce. Some of you have gone through physical illness, death of loved ones, incarceration. But God can use all of that and redeem it and use your life to connect someone to the kingdom. Think about it this way. Who better to help someone and encourage someone through addiction than someone who's been through it themselves and gotten through it by the grace of God? Who better to encourage someone and empathize with someone who's going through a a marital breakup or a divorce than someone who's already gone through that and who has walked through it with Jesus? You are the very best person to reach someone else. God, when he calls you, he calls all of you because he knows that there's something in your life or your personality that can connect with someone else. All of you, all of your life is valuable to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the first question is, who does God call? He calls ordinary people like you and me. Now the second question is, how does Jesus call us? How does it happen? Okay. I love verse 19 because in this one verse, it's so jam-packed. Jesus is the best, okay? Verse 19. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. The way Jesus called people is completely different than the way it was done in the first century. Completely different. Now, fill in your blank. How is Jesus different? Fill in your blank. Jesus initiates the call. He invites us. Come, follow me. Who's saying come, come, come? Who's saying that? Jesus. He initiates the call. Now, how is this significant? Jesus is a rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi. When he came to earth, he was a rabbi. Rabbi is just a word that means teacher. And in the first century, there were many Jewish rabbis, okay? Now, the way that the rabbis, the way they would work is this. Someone, someone would approach the rabbi. A young man would approach the rabbi and say, hey, rabbi, can I follow you? Can I become your disciple? And the rabbi would kind of do whatever vetting process they did. And if the rabbi accepted the person, the rabbi would say, okay, good. You can become my disciple. Okay? So, People would ask the rabbi to follow them. Jesus did it completely different. That was the culture, but Jesus did it different. Jesus, as a rabbi, went out and actively called people to follow him. So the first way that Jesus is different is that he initiates the call. So you and I can expect to be called by Jesus. The second way Jesus is different is this. Fill in your blank. Jesus is the focus of the call. Notice he says, come follow me. Go back to the rabbi-disciple relationship. If a disciple was accepted by the rabbi, the disciple's job was to follow the rabbi around. Wherever the rabbi went, the disciple would go. The disciple would watch the rabbi, what he did, would listen to the rabbi, how he taught, how he interpreted scripture. 
Watch the rabbi, listen to the rabbi, try and do everything and learn and focus on the rabbi. Why? Because the goal is for this disciple to one day become a rabbi himself. Now look at what Jesus does. With Jesus' disciples, the disciples follow Jesus and they watch Jesus. They listen to what he says. They listen to how he interprets scripture, how he treats people. Because why? What's their goal? Is their goal to become a rabbi? No. Their goal is to become like Jesus. The focus is not to become a rabbi, but the focus of Jesus' disciples is to become like him. He says, come, follow me. It's a completely different focus. When Jesus calls someone to serve in the parking ministry, Jesus' goal is not for us to become great at parking people, you know, like that. Of course, we want to be good, right? But the goal is not to become good at parking. The goal is to become more like Jesus as I serve on the parking ministry. The goal is always Jesus. Fill in the blanks. When God calls us, the goal is not to become good at doing ministry. The goal is to become more like Jesus. The focus is different. Jesus does it differently. I love the way this commentator said it. He says, Jesus is calling us to become a disciple. It's not simply an apprenticeship program. Discipleship was a life that began in relationship with the master and moved into all areas of their experience. This is the beginning of kingdom life. So when Jesus calls us, how does he do it? Well, he initiates the call. He is the focus of the call. And thirdly, fill in your blank, Jesus sends us and equips us. Notice he says, I will send you to fish for people. Now, I mean, if you're like me, when, you know, when Jesus interrupts my life and, you know, starts to put a call and call me to do something, I don't know, but my first reaction is like, what, me, what why you ask me for? Go ask them. Like, that person is way smarter. Way, they know way more. They can do this way better. Like, that's usually my first reaction because I usually kind of, you know, feel that way first. And if that's you, like, if you're sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope God doesn't call me to do this or that. Like, it's normal. It's, we've seen that in the Bible. I mean, Paul calls himself the least of all the apostles, and he probably did the most, right? But I love how honest the Bible is. In Exodus chapter 3 and 4, I think it's actually comical, but I totally can relate to this, yeah? God calls Moses, and Moses gives God no less than five excuses or reasons why he shouldn't be the one. He says this. He says, I'm not good enough, okay? Then he says, what if I don't have all the answers? Then he says, people won't believe me when they say that you called me to go. And then he says, ah, I'm not good at public speaking. And then the fifth one is not even a, a, a reason. He just says, you know what? Just call somebody else. Just ask somebody else already, right? That's totally, I can totally relate to that. But here's the thing, and I hope this helps you as, as much as it helps me. Fill in your blank. If God calls you to it, he will help you through it. Why would God call you to do something and not set you up for success? That's not God's plan, but it's just that we cannot see everything that he has arranged for us yet so it's scary right but it's okay because if God calls me through it to it he will see me through it he will help me through it I'll give you an example 
I've shared this before, but this was like the most glaring example of God's goodness to me recently. Um, years ago, we, our church was a lot bigger. We had three different campuses, and I was serving at our IAEA campus um, as, you know, as one of the worship leaders, and our main worship pastor left the church, and our senior pastor at that time called me and said, hey, bro, we need help in the worship ministry. We need a pastor to oversee everything. Can you do it? And I was like, I was like, what? Like, rah, like, you serious, right? And I prayed about it. My wife and I prayed about it. And the church needed the help at the time. And this was one of those times where it was God's directive. He's saying, Shimizu, you got to do this. So we said yes, okay? Now, mind you, at the time, my, my kids were still young. And I'm still working. I was in the classroom at this time. I was still working full time in the classroom. I was still teaching, right? And so... The entire worship ministry, we had three different campuses. We had three different worship leaders, of which I was one. And at that time, I was still, when I wasn't leading worship, if, if we needed message, I would still jump into the message, you know. And so our worship teams, I think we had like 80 to over 100 people. It was a big, big ministry. And I tell you, everyone was pretty cool. You know, like during the day, my phone wouldn't, you know, they, you know, they wouldn't text me. But they knew I finished work like 4, 4.30. So I get into my car, 4.30, my phone would just beep, beep, beep. It just started exploding with all the text, right? And I'm up doing ministry all night. And I was stressing out because it was a lot. It's like two full-time jobs. And I was like, God, I, I made a huge mistake. Like, what is going on? And I was stressing out. But what I realized is that God had placed key people in my life to help me through that season. And it was a long season. And... Some of the people that God helped me, uh, there's a gal, she used to be on worship team, Cindy Bauman. And Cindy's like a sister of mine. If I had another sister, she would be like my sister. Um, and Cindy, um, she became like the admin for the team. She helped me with setting worship sets. She helped me with scheduling. She helped me with keeping everything. I'm not really detail-oriented, um, but Cindy is. And so she would help me with everything, remind me about this, remind me about that. You know, hey, we got auditions coming up this weekend. We need to get this and this and this. She would take care of things. He brought Cindy, so she took a lot of that admin load off of my plate. She, God brought people like Brian Sanchez. Brian Sanchez playing drums for us. Brian is one of the, you will have a hard time finding a better, more humble musician than Brian. But he's also very good at technology. And Brian was there, and he helped with the music. He helped with rehearsals. He helped with so many things. And then uh, one of our bass players, um, Carl Fidel. Carl was another one. Came up, helped with the music, helped with rehearsals, helped with so many things. And then there's my wife, Lynn. I mean, mind you, she's working full time at this time, right? But whenever I'm off doing ministry, she's at home taking care of the kids. She's, you know, preparing dinner, doing laundry, making sure everything's okay. And so what I realized is this, is that God calls us to certain things. But if he calls us to it, he will help us through it. And he will place people in our lives to help us to do the thing he called us to do. Can you say amen to that? Amen. God, you know, right now, some of you, yeah, you're getting that check in your heart. Y'all like, Oh, he's talking to me? Yeah, because you know what? Because God is calling. God been talking to some of you. Hey, come on. Start the Ohana group. Oh, what? What? You're crazy. I don't know all the answers. I always hear this. How can I start an Ohana group? I don't know all the answers about the Bible. I don't know. What if somebody asks a question that I don't know? So what if somebody does? Those of you who lead Ohana groups, you know this to be true. Aren't there questions that come up sometimes in an Ohana group that nobody knows the answer to? Yeah? But don't you guys have a great discussion about it? Yeah, and so you know what? God will put people in your Ohana group that might know the answer 
Or if nobody knows the answer, then you just say, you know what? Nobody knows. Why don't we all go try to find out a little bit? And next week when we meet, let's share what we found out. You don't have to know all the answers. What if God says, hey, go serve on the worship ministry. Oh my gosh, I cannot play like them. So what? But maybe you can play and you can help. And there's someone on team that can help you get better. Someone who's super patient that will work with you. See, when God calls us to it, he will help us through it. So whatever God is speaking to your heart about right now, go do it. Because God will help you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So we looked at who Jesus calls ordinary people just like you and me. How Jesus calls us, right? We saw that. How does Jesus call us? Now we're going to look at the third thing is, what should our response be to Jesus when he calls us? Okay, let's go back to the scripture, verse 20. I love this. Jesus calls them and it says this, at once they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and what does it say? Immediately. Yeah. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So fill in your blanks. What should our response be when Jesus calls us? Don't hesitate. Now watch this. Find out what your spiritual gifts are. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's talking about spiritual gifts? How can we talk about spiritual gifts now? Talk, we're talking about Jesus calling us. Yes, here's the connection. A spiritual gift is given to every believer. All of us who are believers have spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts, here's the definition. A spiritual gift is a gift that's given by the Holy Spirit that believers can use to serve the church. God has given us supernatural abilities to serve the body of Christ. To serve. Okay, I love the way Paul says it. He says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. He says this in Ephesians 4. God gave us spiritual gifts to equip his people, you and I, right? Remember, God's going to see us through it, right? To equip us for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. He gives you and I supernatural abilities to do certain things to bless others. That's what he does when he calls us. Now, it's important to know what your spiritual gifts are. Because God will call you to serve and use those gifts. And you should know what your gifts are. Okay? I want to show you an example. It's kind of a really neat example. This week, as I was preparing the message and um, talking about spiritual gifts, um, I redid my spiritual gifts test. And we're going to give you uh, links to a spiritual gifts test that you can take. But I, I took mine. And I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to ask Art and Josiah. I said, hey, you guys, do me a favor. Can you guys take your spiritual gifts test? Um, can you take it again and tell me what your results were, okay? So Art took it, Josiah took it. We all took the same spiritual gifts test, and this is what came out. I said, share with me your top three gifts. Okay, there's about, there's about anywhere from, like, some people say 12 to 27. Um, the spiritual gifts test we're going to give you, um, it, it has a list of, like, 25 spiritual gifts. I said, send me your top three gifts, okay? Check this out. Here's Art, okay? Art's top three gifts. Faith, pastor, evangelism, sharing the gospel. Look at Josiah's three gifts. Leadership, teaching, and word of knowledge. Look at my top three gifts. Teaching, leadership, pastor. 
Look at what God's asked us to do in the church. Do you see a connection? It's crazy. There's a connection. Yes. So when God calls you to do something, he will equip you to do it. And it's important for you to know what your gift is. Because when you know your gift, you can start praying and asking God, Hey God, if you're going to call me, call me to use these gifts. Because when we have those gifts, it's a joy to do those things. Yeah? It's a joy. One of my least gifts is administration because I'm not very detail-oriented. It's a chore to look at details. But boy, do I love studying the Greek and the Hebrew. I love this, right? Serve in your gifting. And what's also interesting, I said, hey, you guys, what was your bottom gift, yeah? The, the last gift, yeah? And all three of us, the same, last gift, the same, was celibacy. <laughs> I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, yeah? And I was thinking, obviously, for Josiah, celibacy is not a spiritual gift because he, he, has, he has kids, like he thinks he's going to win a prize or something, right, you know? <laughs> so, but, you know, praise God, yeah, for, anyways, okay. <laughs> Okay, so I almost forgot where I was. Um, spiritual gifts. Okay, so um, in a second, okay, in a second, I, I, I just got to tell you, it's like being in high school, yeah? In a second, don't move your hands. In a second, a QR code is going to show up on the screen. Don't, don't do it now, don't, okay? What I would like you to do, it, when it flashes on screen, okay, feel free to take a picture of it with your camera on your smartphone, but do not go to the link yet. What that QR code will do is it'll take you to a link for a spiritual gift test. Now, the other way you can go to the link is if you go to our website, newhopeleeward.org, there's going to be a banner that says interruption, okay? That's our new series. Right underneath that banner is that spiritual gifts test right there. Click that. It'll take you to the very same link. So you can do it either way, okay? But I want to encourage you to take your spiritual gift test. Find out how God's gifted you. Okay? Now, here's the interesting thing. This is how good God is. Okay? Every so many years, this may happen, where your spiritual gifts were these, but then God leads you to do something else. Guess what happens to your spiritual gifts? They change. He will bring other gifts to the forefront as you need them and as I need them. Okay? When I first became a Christian, I remember years ago, I took a spiritual gifts test. Pastor was nowhere on that spiritual gifts, nowhere. But as I kind of went through the church and God was calling me towards that, then pastor became one of the spiritual gifts, yeah? And so as God calls us to certain things, he will equip us with spiritual gifts. Can you say amen to that? Isn't God so awesome? God is awesome. So you can give God a hand, yes, yes. This series that we're going through is, it's really about God just totally interrupting our lives in a good way. Just kind of coming down into our lives and saying, hey, Shimizu, want to work on some things, change some things around, change our opportunities, change our experiences. But most of all, he's saying, I want to change what's going on inside of you and me so that we are more like him for our good and for his glory. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. God is good. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you interrupt our lives. That you don't just like allow us to just go on autopilot and just do whatever's, you know. Like you, you come down and you get involved. You walk with us daily. 
And I pray right now, God, for myself and for everyone listening, for those of you listening online as well, that whatever it is that you have been speaking to us about, calling us to, calling us to do, or whatever it is that you are going to call us to do, God, I pray for all of us that we would have open hearts, open minds, and just trust that whatever your calling is, whatever your invitation and whatever your directive is, God, we pray that we would say, yes, God, I will go and do it. And when the fear and the doubts and the insecurity, all of that arises, or maybe it might be pride, God. God, call me to do this because I know I can do this. Whatever it might be, God, we pray that we would set those things aside and we would follow you, that you would be the focus of the call, trusting that you are going to equip us in all that you call us to. And God, our final prayer is this, is that you would help each of us to know the spiritual gifts that you've given us so that we might serve using the supernatural power Holy Spirit has given us. God, we thank you for your calling on our lives. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. With all of your eyes closed, with your heads bowed, I want to give you an opportunity right now for those of you here as well as for those of you online. I want you to understand this. The most important call that you will ever get from God, the most important interruption that you will ever get and I will ever get is God calling you back to Him. And right now, if you sense like, oh my gosh, yes, like that's what I'm going to do. If that's you right now, just know this. It is not by chance that this is happening right now. Totally not by chance. God knew that this was going to happen before He even laid the foundations of the earth. And so if you're listening at home or wherever you are online, just know that God is calling you right now to come back home. And those of you here as well, I'm going to ask you to do something. If you're sitting here in the sanctuary, I want you to just lift up your hand and just... Acknowledge that you want to pray. I see my hand right there. Yes. Little girl, hand up front. Yes. Hands on the side. Yes. Hands going up. Yes. Once you put them up, you can go ahead, put them down. Yep. Lots of hands going up. God's calling you. Hey, way in the back. Got you. Got you right here in the middle, sister. Yep. Brother on the side. I got you. Yes. Those of you at home, you don't need to raise your hand, but Say the prayer we're going to say. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to say the prayer, God will still hear you and accept you. Yes. So what I'm going to do right now, I'm just going to say a prayer out loud. I'd like you to say the prayer in your heart. You're not saying it to me, but you're saying it to God because He's saving you right now. So as I pray this out loud, please pray this to God. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that He's calling me back to Him right now and Right now, I accept. I accept Jesus. I may not know anything right now, but I accept Him. And I turn from my old ways. The Bible calls that repentance. I just turn away from my old life where I did whatever I wanted. Man, I follow Jesus. My focus is on my Lord and Savior and my friend, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for saving me, for calling me. Thank you that my eternity is set. I pray this in the matchless name of my new Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people say together, Amen. 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 Can we welcome those who made decisions for Christ? Woo. 
We hope you were blessed by this weekend sermon. If this is your first time joining us, we welcome you to check out our website, newhopeleeward.org, to learn more about us and how you can get connected into our ohana. We hope you'll join us again soon.